welcome everybody to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. We're back once again with our weekly show. I am your host, Abraham Deweese, and I'm here with a, a, a rogues gallery of, of uh, uh, villains, I'll, I'll just say. Villains, in my opinion. That would be a SoCal Seahawk in one Rob English. The Ram Richard A. Michelson in that damn dirty duck, Matt Page. How you guys doing? Pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> pretty, pretty good. Uh, All right. I, I mean, hang it could on. be better. Hang on. Pretty, pretty good from the SoCal Seahawks. And our Seahawks just lost. Are you just consigned to our fate or uh, or have you just moved on in life? Moved into acceptance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, all the above. You know, it's, uh, it, you know, uh, I decided long ago never to walk on anyone's shit. No. Um, I, I, I made the decision that whatever happens, um, as of, you know, the last game of the regular season, whatever happened from that point forward, I was going to be okay with, um, because, you know, the obvious is that the, uh, the Seahawks blew expectations out of the water, far exceeded expectations, made it to the postseason, despite, you know, despite all the odds. Um, and uh, got a third shot at those uh, damn 49ers and um, made a decent game of it for, you know, 30 minutes. Uh, you know, but either way, uh, I, I, was, I decided that I was okay with it, whatever happened. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay, and I have hope for the future. Well, Rich, I know you're happy because um, World Cup, uh, World Cup uh, uh, appearers or, or uh, uh, participants in Christian Roldan and uh, Jordan Morris got re-signed. Um, they did. They did. But what um, what did you feel about the Seahawks' loss to the 49ers? Were you, I were mean, you upset the, or were you like uh, Rob and just I I was upset happens. that they didn't do better in the second half. It seemed like they they shot their shot and they didn't have anything left in the tank. Um, and and I'll say I'll I'll I'll, I'll say that I thought that the game plan in the first half was really good. I did not think that the game plan in the second half was good at all. <laughs> and um, I mean, there was a talent discrepancy there between the Niners and the Seahawks. And we all knew this, right? But okay. You have a one point lead going into the, into the second half on the road. Like you've played great. What's your encore? Didn't seem like the coaching staff had anything else to pull out of their hat. I think the players had enough, you know, mojo and momentum and uh, try a lot, right, to, to give it a go. But I, I didn't see anything. And um, I never uh, – one other thing is I, I didn't ever see really Seahawks shooting the gaps, which is what you got to do to try on to stop that running game. On defense. It's a high risk, high reward. But, I mean, like they ran it down our throats anyway. So, I mean – might as well go down swinging. So anyway, that I was a little bit disappointed. I thought they could have had something else to show San Francisco in the second half, and instead it just looked like it was a coronation parade. So Matt, we got what we got both sides here. Uh, we have, we have uh, Rob who's just happy to be be at the table, and then we got Rich who, you know what, he wanted dessert. He didn't just want a cheeseburger. He wanted the full seven course meal. What about you, Matt? But but first you gotta you gotta eat your greens before you can have dessert. That's you, what I was brought you up can't, on. Yeah. You can't have your pudding until you eat Don't your meat. Eat your meat. Right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's that, Rob? I, Sorry, what was Rob gonna say? 
So I said, I say, if you don't eat your meat. Yeah. Oh, you were going to say the same thing. You can't have if you don't eat your meat. Yeah. <laughs> Plank Floyd um, reference. Go on, Matt. I just, I just, I, I, I wasn't very optimistic going to the game. I, you know, I've, I've seen the 49ers recently the last couple of weeks, you know, before the playoffs and they, they obviously put it all together at the right time. Um, physicality, they just, they just ran over us. Well, they hang just, on, hang on, hang, hang on. Down. Did you get and suckered I, into caring about the game? Uh, well, I always care. That's that's just who I yeah, am. Yeah, but be- I, you texted I, I'm a, I'm me before the game. Individual. You texted me before the game. You're like, oh, I, you were getting all mopey. You were like, I don't care about this game. This game's stupid. You don't even like football. Like, and then <laughs> you know, and no, it's starting I, to sound I, like it sound likes to me like uh, you're like rich. You got a little uh, invested in it. I no, I I was happy that we made it. I think it's an amazing accomplishment made to the playoffs. I'm excited about the fact that we do. We got we got uh, you know a bright future ahead. But um, like Rich, I feel like we I, we could have finished better. Um, we were I think we were going to lose no matter what. I just not no matter what, but we 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 were more than likely to lose just because of the matchups and and our inability to stop the run and that that offense just runs and christian mccaffrey is still one of the most dangerous runners ever and uh and and that's what happened um you know so so i but i just i feel like we could have kept up with them a little better it, it, it was kind of i mean you could have turned it off in the third quarter halfway through the third quarter the game was over it just felt like that it felt like they just kind of gave up well, yeah um, uh, go ahead rob sorry i, I would say I, I i agree as well like it's you know Bottom line is we were outmatched. The, 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 yeah. the Niners are just a better team than us. The Wolves, it was going to take a perfect game to stay competitive, and we did that for the first, for the first two quarters. We played Agreed. a basically perfect game. But once once Geno fumbled that ball um, on that strip sack, that just that started a cascade of issues, and it just it just fell apart from there. Uh, but I mean, we we were in it. I don't know that we really necessarily. You know, balked on the on the on the game plan or anything. I think it just you, you you were doing everything perfect, and it had to stay perfect. And once it once something broke, it was it was a domino effect after that. And the the effects of just a better team going up, you know, you know, doing what they do against you just just it just ran its course. There was no room for error. Yeah, right. I I got bummed out because you know, as as we look as we look at that game and as we look at the scriptures and they talk about faith, hope, and charity being the three virtues. And and we, I had hope. I had faith. My God, our defense gives a, has too much charity. They gave up way too much in that second half. Yes, indeed. Let's not operate our football by by the scriptures, please. Let's have a game plan. I was wondering where the charity was going to come from. Oh, yeah. That, anyway. All right. Let's, let's, take a look at the, uh, let's take a look at the NFL uh, playoffs here. Playoffs. Let's take a look. At uh, let's well, let's just go in order. Let's go with Jacksonville at KC. KC's an eight and a half favorite at home. Uh, I want somebody to give me the case for the Jaguars. Anybody? I'll, I'll do it. it. Okay, uh, go, go, both Matt, you, go. Both of you do it. One of you go first. Uh, it, it, to to win, it, they're going to have to play. Uh, keep the ball away from Mr. Mahomes and Mr. Andy Reid. And they can do that by riding their running back. Their running back is amazing and 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 underrated. And I don't know why the rest of the league hasn't really noticed him yet. Etienne, right? Etienne, yeah. He, from, I mean, he they drafted LS- him last LSU? year, and he sat out the whole season because he was hurt. He was from LSU, but, right? 
Clemson. Clemson, sorry. Clemson? Okay. Yeah, Clemson. Okay. Yeah, he played he played with Lawrence and in college and the two of them together. And and um I think I think what I think the the key to win is keep handing the ball to a ten and and however you pronounce it. And uh and just keep the ball away from Mahomes. They've got a they've got a good young team and they might pull off one of those we're so young we don't really know what we're that we're supposed to be losing this game kind of situations, you know, one of those kind of things. Um they were coached by a great coach uh, on offense, and um, uh, I don't like their chances overall, but I think that's the key to, to, to pull it off is keep the ball away from Kansas City. Rich, you got to um, add on to that? I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say that Trevor Lawrence was a winner in college, and I was really, really skeptical about him coming into the NFL and being worth a sack of pudding. But, um, I mean – First of all, he put up a really great season just overall, over 4,000 passing yards, completed you know, two-thirds of his passes, 25 touchdowns, eight, eight interceptions, 92 or 95 passer rating. So, I mean, that's, that's an excellent rookie year, right? And then I think he, it really was his rookie year. You have to pretend yeah. last year didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Urban no, not with like, the Urban Meyer touching everybody. Yeah. This was really mess, his rookie yeah. year. It really is, yeah, so it's his first real go at it, right? And that's a pretty good performance. And and then he led this amazing comeback, um, you know, when the Chargers kind of kicked the crap out of them in the first half of the game, right? I mean, twenty-seven nothing. That, you know, having a comeback victory as a quarterback in the NFL. I mean, you play long enough, you're going to have some comeback victories, but not very many people have comeback victories in the playoffs, especially big time comebacks, and. Uh, I mean, I don't know where his career goes. I don't know how good he is, but that kind of just moxie, you know, Abe yells at me because I never talk about intangibles and heart and I'm all about the numbers and the saber metrics and everything else. But I'll, I'll give you the same. I yell at metrics. you for other things too. It's true. That That's one of your mini faults. Yes. I mean, <laughs> we, can, we can talk about um, just thinking of Lawrence and his com his ability to lead a comeback makes me think about Eli Manning who had a number of faults as an NFL quarterback but obviously he was clutch for two postseasons with a mediocre team both times and he ended up with two Super Bowl rings which very few quarterbacks can say and so there there is that magic of the quarterback position, which is still the most important position in football. And if you've got someone who's hot and can lead a team like Lawrence did uh, last, uh, last weekend, I'll give them a puncher's chance. I really don't think they're going to win. I mean, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes put up probably the second best quarterback season ever. Yeah. So. I, no, I think I agree with you. Hey, Rob, what, what, are, are you more leaning to the KC side or do you got uh, Jacksonville at least putting up a fight? Well, I do see Jacksonville putting up a fight, and and I would say because, well, I will say if, and that's if they manage just just to stay in the game late. I think we've seen that um, uh, that team has the ability to 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 surge uh, to come to come back at and the end of the game. Uh, Kansas City's defense tends to be suspect, um, you know, when it when it when it really counts, um, and it's going to be it's going to be cold. It's going to be wet, which very cold and, and wet leads to snow, and there is snow in the forecast um, hmm. on Saturday night. So 
Um, I, I think that that might, you know, that that might kind of even the playing field a little bit. Um, maybe not, you know, Mahomes' ability to throw the ball um, might it might bring that down just a bit. Now let's see who who can who can play, you know, rough and tough, you know, uh, uh, in the trenches football uh, in this game. Um, Rich, you mentioned uh, uh, Travis uh, Etienne, uh, Etienne, Etienne, however, yeah, as Matt said, however you say his name. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they, have a, they have a strong running game there. I think this game could be competitive uh, as long as they can, you know, not let themselves get down big early um, and have to have one of those huge comebacks like they did before. Um, I think they, they, they stay competitive in this game, and we, we could see this game uh, coming down to the last, last possession of, of, of the um, of, uh, regulation. A weird stat that I found was uh, that Jacksonville is dead last in the NFL in big plays in the first and second quarter, um, and it, it they're prone to giving up a giving up a lead early and having to come back. That's a good news in that they can fight back. But I don't the the Chargers, Matt. I'm sorry, your your dirty duck, uh, Justin. Chargers Earth. are going to charge. That's the, just the, what they do. This okay. is two years in a row that your quarterback. Uh, Collapsed, you know, last the, year against the, the Raiders and this year against with huge well, leads. It wasn't his offense; it was Brandon Staley and the offensive coordinator who they fired. Now, it was uh, it was his play calling. They did, they did a Falcons in the Super Bowl thing. Somebody's pulling the trigger. They're pulling the they're they're throwing the ball way too much. You're getting upset. Let's just move on to the next game. Matt, Matt's getting <laughs> got, he's getting a little crazy. Once you start criticizing There's the Ducks, just, he gets weird. So we'll uh, just move on. I. I you're my friend. I want us to talk about good things, not not you know the failures of Oregon Ducks. Anyway, the Giants Eagles. Uh, Eagles are a seven and a half favorite, uh, according to most lines. And uh, uh, can somebody give me the case for the Giants to compete in this one? I think oof, um, the Giants' case is that Saquon Barkley. Uh, has been healthy all season long and shows absolutely no sign of stopping. He, he, I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's really been held, held under wraps really at all this season. Uh, he, he, he's getting, he seems to be getting stronger as the season goes on. Uh, if Giants can run the football, they might have a chance. And that's a very, very big might. Yeah. That first, that first uh, playoff game where they beat the Vikings. It was heavy dose of Saquon, heavy dose of Daniel Jones not throwing the ball. Yeah. Yeah, it's Daniel, almost like, like they you're, decided you're, you're, you're like, like my, my Malik Willis, right? Just not throwing yeah, it, just yeah. running only. <laughs> yeah, but that's how you do it right, apparently. Um, I think I think what plays to the Giants' advantage is that they've seen the Philly, the Eagles, uh, Philadelphia Eagles what? twice already. What are you talking about? What? Daniel Jones threw for 300 yards, two touchdowns, and he put uh -huh. it up 35 times. Yeah, but he, he ran, also the, ran, he ran the ball 100 yards. Or he ran the ball for like 79 yards. Yeah, that's his the game now. They've, they've, they've figured it out. He's not he's not your prototypical uh, quarterback. He, uh, he runs a lot. And, Rich, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it, it, it works. It's what it, – it's going in line with what uh, Rob was saying. Like, this is the running game. That's, the, that's what has to happen for the Giants. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think I think they have I think they have an edge because they've they played I mean not an edge but they have a better chance than anyone else would in this situation because the Eagles are really good this year and but they but they've seen them twice already so they know what to expect from the Eagles and that gives them I think a better chance than pain 
they're going to get they're going to get body slammed into the ground in the cold in Philadelphia. I mean, Jalen hurts by a wide receiver playing quarterback. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jalen hurts threw for eight yards per attempt this year. That's good. It's <laughs> really good. Number yeah. two, I mean, like, number two offense and number three defense is what the Eagles are. Yeah, I mean, just for some perspective, I think Tom Brady, that amazing year he had when he threw like a gajillion touchdowns to Randy Moss, right? And he broke all the passing records, yep. and then they lost in the Super Bowl, right? 17-1 or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, lost to the Giants. Or 18-1. and one. I think they were 18-1. and 18-1, one. One, that's right. 18-1, yeah. right? Um, was that the David Tyrell catch? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. he... He, I think he averaged something like 8.5 yards per attempt that year, just for some perspective. Like the best, best quarterback year ever. And like Mahomes and Jalen Hurts eight. put up like two of the, two of the best quarterback years, like top 10 quarterback years ever. So, um, the Giants are going to have to like really like get out their, uh, their fairy slippers and their magic wands or something. Like, <laughs> I, I, I give the, the Jaguars a lot better of a chance than um, than the Giants. I kind of agree with you there. I think this is the blowout of the uh, of the weekend. Sure. Like, but to be to be fair, uh, Rich, we we were tasked with making a case for the Giants. Yeah, so, <laughs> really, yeah that was what the question was. I'll, I'll make a case. I don't think the Giants are going to win. But no, they're I not going to win. I think every single one of us picks the Eagles to win this game. <laughs> Jones pulls a Marquise Tuiasa Sopo. That's how they win. Against Stanford? Right. Uh, yeah. 200 on the ground, 300 in the air. Yeah. I, that's how That's how the insane. Giants would win. Eagles got the number three defense. I don't see it happening. Yeah. I mean, I that's, that's not happening. Uh, well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe everybody on the Eagles gets food poisoning or something. I Let's let's move on to it. Let's, don't, let's give, don't give people ideas. They're deep, though, guys. Like, this this roster that the Eagles have is like as deep as those Seahawks rosters um in thirteen and fourteen. Yeah. Like just like the next guy up is almost as good as the starter. I mean, yeah. All Especially right. their second running back. Doesn't get enough praise. Perfect storm. Let's uh let's let's hit up uh the the game of the week, which I think is gonna be the Bengals and the Bills. Uh it's the game that was erased off the schedule due to a Horrific circumstance, but let's think about the positive. Uh, that that uh, oh gosh, I forgot the guy's name now. Um, Hamlin, thank or you. Hamlin. Uh, Ham Hamlin's out of the hospital. That's fantastic news. Home, That's yeah. more important than the game itself. But let's talk about the game. And I can't believe Bills are getting five point five uh, from the from the casinos. I don't. What's going on here that that uh, they think they think they're that much better than the Bengals? Anybody got a case for the Bills to win by? I mean, 5.5 is not that much, but I mean, it's larger than I expected. That's probably what the ultimate, like, yeah, that's probably, that, that's probably actually accurate as far as what the final score will be, but you think be so? a lot Five closer and a half? that until the very end. Okay. <clears throat> I think it'll be really, really, really close until the, I mean, I, I think there's going to be a late game drive or go to overtime. Well, what's, I, the ca just, what's the case for the Bills for you, Matt? The case for the Bills is Josh Allen, Josh Allen, more Josh Allen, and after Josh Allen, bring some Josh Allen. That's... That's the the whole game runs through him for the Bills. They are without him, they aren't in the playoffs. Um, he's amazing. He is a superstar. He's better than Patrick Mahomes. I said it 
and I stand by it. And they're yeah, they're just gonna have to they're gonna have to play. They're gonna have to go for broke offensively because they're playing against a Bengals team that is high flying offense as well. It's gonna be a shootout. Is anybody else in my camp where I think Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than Josh Allen? Mm. Joe Burrow is really good. Like, you know, absolutely nothing against him. Top five, easy, really good, really good quarterback. Okay, well, if nobody's nobody's in my camp, then is is there anybody to refute what Matt's saying about uh, about Josh Allen being the? I think I think well, just to answer your previous question, I think that Burrow may be a better orthodox quarterback, maybe, but as far as is, but 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 his. But um, uh, Josh Allen's ability, just you know, from top to bottom, I think I think he surpasses Burrow uh, pretty clearly. Um, this game is about Demar Hamlin. The emotion in this game is going to be. I mean, you're literally yeah. putting these two teams back on the field against each other. You got T. Higgins out there who just celebrated his birthday. You know, he, he's he's. I mean, I mean, we're we're running it back. We're running it back. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and guess that DeMar Hamlin's going to be at the game on the field. I, I'm going to go ahead and guess that they're going to do that. Um, it's going to be emotion, all emotion. I think it's yeah. going to actually affect both teams. I agree it's going it to be a shootout. Um, uh, both teams are going are gonna, to are gonna play their asses off. Um, I, I, I see a lot, of, a lot of scoring in this game. Um, I don't know if I agree. Um, with giving the Bengals five, I I, I, I don't see Buffalo being. Um, I, I I can't say that I, I really feel that that um, that Buffalo is the, is, is the favorite here. Uh, I I think this game this, this could definitely go the Bengals way. Uh, they're they're high power in offense, like you said, Matt. Um, this is a tough call. This probably will be the best game of the play of, of yeah, this, this week for sure. This is the game of the week. Yeah, uh, Rich, do uh, you got a case for the Bengals? I mean. The Bengals are a very good team, and um, right off the Super Bowl, I mean, they are I mean, the AFC defending champs. Yeah, and I mean, but you're not seeing it. It sounds 12, like they're twelve and four. I mean, it's not like they're uh, and, and and the Bills. Well, we're are not saying he's terrible. We're not saying right, they're terrible. Right. No, I. Sounds I mean, like you're falling more on the Bills side of things, though. I am falling. So here's yeah. the thing: like, <laughs> I think emotion will play a big I role think in it. It'll play a part, but here's the thing: the Bills are one win better than than Cincinnati is, and in the NFL, more than any other sport, that one victory better is significant. It's it's you are what your record says, right? Bill, Bill Parcells. Yep, and I mean. What what is our level of wins for an outstanding or an ex- high you know excellent team Super Bowl contender? It's usually thirteen. Thirteen is the is kind of the standard, right? Yep. If you twelve, I mean, you could you could get lucky, you could make a run. Eleven is really kind of pushing it. Yep. And there's been a couple of other you know off you know one off outliers. You, yeah. could, you could win seven games and go to the divisional round. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, but but your point your point more so. <laughs> but my point is is that like the Bills have thirteen wins. I think they have the better quarterback under duress. 
Okay. And I think that that's more important because Joe Burrow, I think it can be excellent if he keeps his shirt clean. I, I don't see that happening. I, like, I, I think Joe Burrow is better than Josh Allen. However, I have to throw this out there. The Bengals needed an idiotic play by the Ravens to win last week. The Ravens have, uh, yeah, 14 points. I, I was going to say they have a quarterback, but they don't have a quarterback. Uh, they, they have a quarterback. That they gave have up, a single wing. Uh, they have a single back. wing offense and uh, Tyler Huntley is less talented at it than, uh, than Lamar Jackson. And so I don't know. I feel like, I feel like the Bengals at home should have shown something uh, now. Granted Ravens are super duper good defense. Like their defense is the best in the league. Uh, take throw Division stats, rival. throw stats out the window. What's that? Rob? Yeah. Division, Division rival. rival though. You know? Yeah. That, that, that kind of that change that changes things. You know, you're playing division rival. I mean, division you know, you know rival better than anybody in the it, in the NFC West. Doesn't matter how good or bad a team is, it's going to be a good game. It is, but the Bengals are heading into uh, the Bills Mafia's home turf. Well, and uh, like you guys said, you guys said like uh, with Ham- Hamlin, like the the yeah. uh, you know the Rallying emotion point. behind that. I don't know how the there, Bengals can win, but five there, five there and a half day, still data. seems too much. What's there is one bit of data I want I want to share. In the game that was stricken from the record, um, at the time of the injury and the time they called it, uh, the Bengals were winning. And the I was, Bengals I was were driving. Go with that. And, the the Bengals, and the Bengals and, and Burrow looked comfortable. Burrow was making good throws. And I remember it vividly because it won me the fantasy football league, but uh, also because it was, he looked good. He looked, he was making decisions. The Bills secondary looked like they were on their back foot. So, um, first, quarter, I, you know, honestly, I, I, I don't know who's going to win this game. Coin flip for me. First quarter. I don't know if you, how much we can put into that. Let's, let's skip, let's skip on. Um, it's data. It's the two teams against each other. So I, I, just I, I think it it's going to be the best game. Um, yeah. This next one is going to be the worst game. And that's that's a Cowboys poor, at 49ers. I'm asking, you know, uh, for you guys, once again, make a case for the Cowboys, make a case for the 49ers. I'll make the case for the Comet to hit hit the stadium <laughs> and wipe out both teams. Um, Root for Giant Meteor. I'm rooting for the Meteor. Right. Don't look up, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. Anybody um, got a I'm- case for the Cowboys? <laughs> the dead silence. I'll do it. I'll do it because I, Go for it. the one thing I've Stars. complained to you guys about for Stars years. Uh, well, hang on a second. Uh, one thing I complained to you guys about for years is that Jerry Jones doesn't know how to build a defense, and we're looking He's at now one. a team that has Malik Hooker, uh, you know, amazing, amazing safety. Leighton Vander Esch is back from injuries. Micah Parson, once I'm again, double digit sacks. Uh, Donovan Wilson, Daryl Bland. You guys watched them last week. Both of them have five interceptions apiece. You know, uh, I'm sure I'm missing some names on that defense. Uh, this is an actual very good defense for a change. Cowboys have one. That That's my case for them. I don't think it's going to matter. I think I think the, the case for the Cowboys to win means Christian McCaffrey tears his ACL. He unfortunately, Wilson's the and then, backup and then running back. The next play, Debo Samuel <laughs> tears his ACL. <laughs> and then Ayuk, and then Wilson, and then <laughs> no. After that, I think after that it might be even. Even, but those two guys alone, right there, is 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 why Dallas is going to lose by a lot more points than what's the spread? Three and a half. Three, three and a half? Oh no, it, I'd have it at like ten. 
<laughs> Come on, uh, man. It, it, listen, I mean, just to be more X's and O's about it, Dallas's defense is good. It's fast. Um, the Niners' offense is the perfect offense to counter that. Uh, you know, it's it, you're you're gonna you're you're not gonna be able to bring um, Micah Parsons off the edge the way you want to because you're gonna slide McCaffrey out of the backfield. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna set up you're gonna set up those uh, those quick those quick tosses to the to the out to the outside out there and and run those misdirection screen passes and you know you, you, Micah's gonna have to slide out to to cover those. If you have Micah crashing every single play, those plays are gonna be left wide open and they're gonna gash them all day long. Uh, they're, they're going to limit um, Dallas's ability to rush the passer with that. The same with they're doing everybody else. I, I, there's nothing about Dallas's team that I can see that, as good as they are, but give me the best defense, and you put it up against San Francisco, and I'm telling you that they, 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 they beat it. They, they're, their team, they just have the personnel right now. Their, their window is now. I don't see – there's nobody's beating the Niners. I said before, the only team that had a chance of beating San Francisco was Seattle. That the, and, that, and not because we're, not, we're as good as them or we're better than them, but only because of the familiarity. And, and the first half showed, showed that. You know, we, we were able to stick with them as long as we played mistake-free football, so on and so forth. Um, but, yeah, if we – and what I told some friends as well is that if we had messed around and beat San Francisco last weekend, it would have been very sad because we would have went to Philly and got our ass handed to us, I think. But – but <laughs> yeah, it oh, would yeah. have been fun. It would have been fun just to stick it to San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Oh, no, it yeah. It also, also, I that picture you put on Facebook of your child dancing with a 49er shirt. That was horrifying. I think you're probably the worst father I've ever met. Dude, wow. You know wow. How hard it is? Listen, I have, I have, wow. first of all, Listen to this. Look, look, look at this. You can't, the people on the radio can't see this, but look at number one dad. Number one dad. You have the shirt to show it. Well, that's because the 49ers won. If the Seahawks had won, your kids would be like listen, calling listen, CPS is, on you. The wife is a Niner fan. And when, yeah. when, I, when these kids were born, I had them indoctrinated. It was perfect. And then they got, and then they had, you know, the free will and the ability to think for themselves. And their mother just took over and, you know, made me the bad guy, and now they're running around wearing Niners stuff, and it kills me. I'm dying a little inside every day. It's okay. Yeah. I, I I joke, Rob, because my kid roots against the Seahawks just to irritate me. So, um, they do yeah, the same thing. To me. He has no my, vested interest. He just my, my children want to... are all properly indoctrinated. Oh, good, oh. good. Um, <laughs> Somebody's being will, raised right. I will say this. In in this in the the game last week with the Seahawks and the Niners. I saw something I have not seen since watching 1960s uh, Packers highlights. Rich, you're 43. I I am. I have never watched the Packers. <laughs> I was not alive in the 60s, but I have watched the old NFL film. Oh, okay, okay. The see? Green Bay Packers in the <laughs> Ice Bowl. Okay. The Packers were famous for what play? Do you guys remember? Uh, it was sweep left and sweep right. It's the power sweep, yeah, okay? Yeah. And the 49ers ran two perfect power sweeps against the Seahawks. I am talking where perfect. every single yeah. Niner got their hat on a hat, and then sometimes they got two Seahawks out of the way. The running backs knew exactly which of the four lanes they might have to get to. They knew where to plant their foot, and they did it, okay? Yep. There is no team in the NFL that can stop that. 
A properly executed sweep like that is impossible. And here's the reason why. Nobody has seen a sweeping team <laughs> since the 1960s. No, the zone runs kind of oh. overtaken the sweep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the issue is that everyone is too damn fast in the NFL to run a sweep generally, right? Not our linebackers. The Niners can block it. And it is the best blocking team I have ever seen. Like, and I'm not talking like on the offensive line. I'm talking their running backs. I'm talking the wide receiver is blocking yeah. the safety 35 yards downfield. Kittle. 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 They I mean, just have Kittle a physicality that we couldn't match. I am telling you guys that Leighton Van Der Esch and Malik Hooker are not Tanner Muse and freaking. Uh, no, they're not, but they're Cody still Barton. not good enough to cover it. They can't match the physicality of this. Of this I don't even Niners. think it's physicality. It's discipline. The Niners know exactly where on the field the blocks are going to be, and they get there first, and they execute them properly. And they're not – they don't have this, some false bravado of, hey, we're just going to manhandle you. They're going to like, oh, you're going to go that way? Great, I'll push you that way. Oh, you're going to go this way? Okay, cool. That works too. One I, thing know, I, I know what's going to happen better than you. One thing I was disappointed by, you guys uh, may have seen it, uh Kobe Parkinson swings and misses on a lot of blocks mm-hmm. in that game. And it's just yeah. a you know <laughs> it's been a problem all year. He's been doing it all year. Yeah. Uh I mean he he's been doing better, but better is not, in my opinion, uh the caliber we need. And it might be might be time to draft a new tight end. But you know what? Let that's a good transition to Seahawks. Let's talk a little Seahawks here. All right. Um before we get to the personnel, let me talk about let me have you guys check in on uh we lost in the first round was this a case of we 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 were a edge team uh we always were and people undervalued us or are we just lucky to be there because things fell the right way i'm just going to go right down the line let's start with you rob um there's also a third option you might have so feel free to yeah, I, I, I don't I don't sign on for the whole like we were lucky to be there or didn't deserve to be there in the first place. That 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 narrative, which we hear a lot, um, you know, people say, oh, the only reason you got there is because, you know, the Packers lost. Like, well, you only you only get to go to the playoffs if other teams you know lose. You know, the team <laughs> you beat has to lose. You know, other teams have to lose along with your wins to get to get you where you're going somewhere. So I don't I don't uh, I don't sign on for that. Um, we we played well enough to get there. Um, you know, we were, I mean, bottom line, we're one of the best seven teams in the conference. I mean, that's just how it works. Um, you know, now we would have liked to be better. We would have liked to have been more competitive once we got there, but you know, you, you, you take what you can get. So, um, no, I am, um, I, no, I, 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 I guess what was the actual question? <laughs> Is that the team we are? Um, are yeah. we actually a better team and we didn't achieve more? Or? That, that is the team we are. Okay. Not, not too dissimilar than the team that lost to Atlanta, Russell Wilson's rookie season. But that was who we were, and we're getting better. And and this is who we are this year, and we're about to get better. Um, all signs point to that. So uh, I think this is the first step of, of many in, in the right direction. All right, you dirty duck, Matt Page. What's your thoughts? <laughs> well, I, I sent some negative. With... I sent some negativity. Well, I'm disagreeing with Rob a little bit. Uh, <laughs> luck did play into it. Uh, you know, when you have to rely upon people, other people than you to lose, there's a little bit of luck to that in, in our favor. We, you know, yeah, I mean, we weren't, well, we weren't fully in control of our own destiny. So there is a little bit of luck into that. Um, but 
I think this is who we are. I think this is, you know, first round. I think that's the, the play, the team we built. Um, I'm a little disappointed in how we performed the second half of the season. We started off amazing and we kind of stumbled down the, down the stretch. Um, I, but I think that's, that's just, that's just showing who we are. We're not a perfect team. We still have some significant holes that we can address, but, but, you know, for a team that basically tore down, got rid of all the tie paying players, traded them away or cut them or whatever and, and, and started a rebuild because I know they don't want us to use that word, but it really is a rebuild. Um, having this quick of a turnaround was amazing. It's awesome. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think we, we are, we, we deserved to be there. And um, next year we're going to go further. Well, it sounded like a little back step in there, a little side stepping by Matt. I thought you were going to go the full route, but uh, the full no, we don't belong there. The full we don't belong. We're terrible. No. <laughs> Rich, what's what's the temperature from Taylorsville, Utah? Um, the temperature is that the Seahawks got lucky because Geno Smith was who people thought he was ten years ago. A quality NFL starter who can run an offense at a very high level. I mean, Geno Smith is probably one of the top eight quarterbacks in the NFL at this point. There's a reason he's a pro bowler. You don't throw 30 touchdowns by accident, okay? That's performance on the quarterback's part, but that's also performance on the coaching staff's part. And I've had a lot of criticism for the coaching staff, but... They did one thing really, really well this year. They picked Geno Smith as a quarterback and they customized the offense to fit his skills. They had the running, they had all the players running the routes that made sense. They they didn't run plays that Geno doesn't like or isn't comfortable doing, right? They didn't they they, they did the old Chuck Knox thing of like you gotta customize your your team. Like you, you got to customize your plays to your team. You can't, you know, you can't play bump and run coverage if you don't got the guys to do it. Yep. You, you can't play run and shoot if you don't got the guys to do it. And so I, I think that that was um, a combination of luck in that Gino performed. Right. But it was also um, one of those situations where you, you get lucky because you're prepared. Right. And the Seahawks had 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 time with Geno. They knew kind of what they had, and they knew he was he had a chance to be good enough, especially if you could keep him upright. And for the most part, the Seahawks did an okay job, and um, we were able to find a running game, even though like eight running backs went down with injuries this year. So. <laughs> it sounds like, a, and I think I agree with you about coaching being the contributor to Geno's success. Uh, if, does anybody well, have anything separate from that? Uh, well, I do want to add one stat regarding you know, Rich mentioned the coaches and how they picked they picked Gino and they trusted they well they trusted Gino and I want to share this one stat that I found very fascinating. I saw it brought up on another on a, on a podcast or something. I forget where I saw it, but um, don't promote other people's podcasts. Just I'm not promoting ours. them. I'm not telling you who, they, who it was <laughs> unless it's uh, Rob unless I'm, it's Rob's uh, podcast. Rob, what is your podcast by the way? Short yardage? Oh, oh, short, yeah, short yardage on uh, All right. Spotify. Yeah, we can okay. get it in there. Right. Let's pretend like you heard it from his podcast. Okay, yeah, I heard I heard it from short yardage. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so um, Geno Smith this year, guess how many passing attempts he had? Uh, 
600 closed my cheat sheet so i don't know 600 he had 572 all okay. right now let's go back to 2021 and to a certain quarterback that wanted to quote unquote cook Russell and Wilson? how many how many attempts do you think he he got i know coaching staff i know at his zenith he was we were like a 50 50 passing and running team so i'll say about 450 400 wow that's pretty low. So the coaching staff trusted gino what 160 more passing than than they did with uh with um with russell that's crazy i did not know more i did not know that that's huge. I don't think that that's as crazy as you think it is. Well, it's the same co- It's the same offensive coordinator, same head coach, you know? And they're trying to run that that same uh, the same offense that they tried Rich, to run. Rich, why is, it not, why is it not crazy? Because there's – Russell Wilson is a high-ceiling, um, low-floor quarterback. He's, he's boom and bust, right? Like, the guy can throw the perfect long bomb just absolutely gorgeous 60 yard pass in stride hit receiver break open the defense right he can scramble out of pressure that nobody has any business getting ever getting out of right but then he can't hit the he can't hit the tight end 13 yards down the field right in front of him on a button hook like he he and sometimes he makes inexplicably bad decisions in taking sacks and uh, throwing interceptions and okay well russell averaged 7.8 yards per attempt and gino averaged 7.5 yeah russell I wonder, I wonder how many how many passes russell didn't throw because of him either running or taking the sack too. yeah how many sacks right. yeah well how many sacks or, did he get or, he got or not seeing the open 33. receiver right yeah there have been i mean i've i've watched a bunch of guys break down film i've listened to brock heward talk about it right and he's like, he's open here. This is an easy throw. Yeah. His head is even looking that way. Yep. And well, he doesn't see it or he doesn't think he can do it. And he's like, I don't know what he's like, why? Right? Like Yeah, but it's not like it's it's not like it's twenty more passes. It's hundred and seventy two more it's pass because attempts. Because Gino is more consistent. He's not doesn't have the high ceiling that Russell has. But he's he's gonna make that seven yard throw and get the first down and move the chains. Okay, you three have all decided that Geno Smith is measurably, significantly measurably greater than Russell Wilson ever was. And I heard you guys just say it. I don't know about you know, ever. You, if anybody listening year. to this can just <laughs> rewind. Can we rewind. We're comparing it to 2021. Yeah, no, no, you guys made your decision. So now, do you pay him the market value? I wrote I wrote this down. Market value uh, it would be somewhere around three-year, $90 million. Do you make that offer... If you're Pete and John, I see someone, I see Rob shaking your head. I'll give you the first go on this one. You just can't do it. You can't, you can't pay that kind of money to a Geno Smith for, for only a couple of reasons, really. He's old. Okay. Like his, 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 you know, his, he's, he's reached the point he's, he's, if nothing else, He's at the, you know, the, 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 um, what do you call it? You know, the, the flat part of his career. He's going, he, he, he's not going to go higher. Even with this season he had this year, I wouldn't call it um, that, that, that he has elevated really. He, he got into a situation, played very well, but Geno Smith is all the Geno Smith he's going to be at this point. He's not going to get better. 
I think he is more likely to be replaced either personnel-wise or just just based on you know new talent or by injury, you know more more soon than later by than anything else. Um, he's he's a journeyman quarterback. Um, he stepped in. He played well. You know, give him give him something for that. You know, you know, compensate him for what he's done. But three years, ninety million. I just I just can't see it. I just can't see it. I, I can't square that. Is it the head. years or the money that you got a problem with? It's the money. It's, it's the money. It's the money versus what we are potentially going to get um, at a, at a, at a Geno Smith. I so, think. So if I, I said not, you saw his career year. So if I said so if I said one year, thirty million. No change on your part. If you gave him thirty million for one year, I still think that's high. Okay. Um, I still think that's high, but but I'd be more I lean toward that more, you know, because you know we're not locked locked down. Lock, well, you're never really locked in with these players these days, right? But if you said like 20, 20 you know, in, in the twenty-ish range for one year, I, I'd be okay. Let's 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 do that. Matt Rich, other thoughts? Um. I, I don't know enough about the salary cap and collective bargaining agreement to know if you're allowed to put in like what kind of performance clauses you can put into a contract. You can, you can make it, you can make it incentive based. Yes. Um, I would, think about, I would think about it from the, yeah. think about it from the perspective of you as the quarterback though. Um, you know, do you want the incentive based contract or do you want the guarantee? Well, does it hit, does it hit the cap the same? Uh, if, yeah, if if you end up hitting all your incentives, you could actually screw your team over by going over the cap. Okay. So in that case, I would I would come to Gino and say, look, I, I, I lay it out there. I mean, like, do you really want to go to some crappy team who's the teams that are gonna be after him? It's not gonna be any good teams. All the good teams have their quarterbacks locked in. They have good quarterbacks. The, the one good team that didn't have a great quarterback situation is the Niners. And they, I think they kind of found their guy sitting on their bench. Um, they're, he's going to go to a crappy team. Do you, does he really want to finish his career on a crappy, crappy team? If that crappy team offers him 40 million a year, sure. I don't think they're going to offer him 40 million. I mean, if, if you and me and Matt and Rob are all just, you know, Oh, there's suckers out teams there. The get Washington desperate. Teams get desperate. Will, the commanders are always desperate. They'll overpay. They yeah. always do. Look at what Kirk Cousins is making. Not that he's a terrible quarterback. In fact, I think Kirk Cousins is the exact oh. same quarterback Geno Smith is, to be honest. Pretty much. You yeah. Know. He's more He's more consistent. Geno kind of fell off the second half of the year. He regressed a little bit. Yeah. But I, I would say that Kirk Cousins found his footing in the NFL a lot sooner than Geno did. Well, yeah, in a lot better situation. <laughs> no, Kirk Cousins ro- rode the pine behind RG three for three years. It's only because RG three was yeah, so not, terrible. Not, not that... eight years or whatever that, that <laughs> well, Gino but, did. But also, RG three always got hurt, right? So Cousins got to play and 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 break in, and and that Washington team was not dreadful and dire like the Jets are, for example, and have been for a generation. Matt, do you? Uh... I'm giving you the guidelines. He wants three years, 90 million. That's the hypothetical. I do not make that offer. I see what he's willing to work with. I don't like the duration. I don't like the time, the the money. I don't like either one. I want two years max. No, 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 no. That's not the question. That's not the question. Because I'm leading to 
Sounds so, like all three of you say, okay, are saying so no. Do you make that offer? No, I do not. Okay, I so don't Matt, like either the length or the money. Matt, what do you do? What do I do? Yeah. Um, I want two years max. No, no, he's walking. Most. He's walking. He. Okay, you. then uh, that's fine. Either way, I think as much as I want to wait for Michael Penix or another quarterback next year because I'm not crazy wild about a quarterback next year, I think you have to take advantage of the fifth overall pick, realize we're going to miss out on Carter and Anderson, who are the two defensive elite talents that are only worth taking the top five. I think you got to take one of the quarterbacks. I think it depends on who's available when it, when it comes to our pick, but I think you move on and you pick the draft quarterback. Specifically, who do you want? I want C.J. Stroud okay. out of those five, out of the top four. Um, if you're going to take him at fifth overall, I want C.J. Stroud because he impressed me in that Georgia game. He really, really impressed me. Um, Further hypothetical, C.J. Stroud and Will Levis go. Do you take Bryce Young at five? No. I trade down. Or or in that situation, there might have been already be maybe one of the two defensive guys falls to me. Rob, um, same, or, I, or I trade down. Rob, same question. Uh, you said no. Specifically, what do you do? Uh, I if you let Geno go, you take the quarterback. You take the, you take the best quarterback available. If you don't you let, often if get a top walk. five pick. You know? Again, I said you don't often get a top five pick. So this is your chance. So yeah. you 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 take. Um, it'd be one of the three. It'd be Levis, uh, Bryce Young, might or, go in the top four, or CJ Stroud. So pick them. Yeah. Reg- pick them regardless. Don't go for a veteran. Is that? I think what you do now, is, uh, is you get a veteran another bridge. You get a bridge, and you sit the, the quarterback. I, I'm still a fan of sitting a quarterback for one year. You know, there is that, but I, I think the, the league has really turned from that these days. Put him out there. You know, uh, sitting a quarterback, yeah, when you, ha- when you have a workable quarterback already in, in the space, in the, in the spot, sure. But in a situation like we would be in, you're not going to put Drew Locke out there while 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 oh, while no. you're young, while you're young, you know, hot draft just drafted quarterback is sitting there wait, waiting to go, you know. So no, you get it, you get the best quarterback available and put him out there. If you got that with that fifth uh, fifth overall pick, pick, take the best quarterback available. Hopefully, it'll be at least well, right. I'm not well, talking. Guys, I'm not on. talking Drew Locke. I'm hey. talking go get Baker Mayfield or one of the other 14 other cast off quarterbacks that'll be out there that will take the heat, the hits. Well, and, so now hang on, you guys. You, know. you guys are saying that there's. Specifically, you, Robin, you, Matt, you're saying that better things are to come, and now you just want to throw the number five overall pick into the into the fire. I don't. No. So you're giving yeah. up on next year then? No, I'm not necessarily. Higher... If you get the right, if you get the right bridge quarterback, yeah. we've shown... there, is no, there, I... is, there is no right bridge quarterback though. There, there there's no, no right, such the thing. Only right bridge yeah. quarterback is Geno Smith. So yeah, so. And... If, if, if you're not going to have Geno Smith, then you need to go ahead and move on to the future. That's why I, I think you need to sit down with Geno and you need to have that conversation and explain to him the reality of the situation. Yeah, say, uh, Rich, bridge. Rich, bring in. You haven't had your way in go on this it. one. So first off, um, sitting a, a quarterback until they're ready is 100% the smartest and best thing to do. This is the NFL. You don't just throw a rookie quarterback out there because he's talented. I mean, we did that one time, and it worked out pretty good. Yeah. No, we didn't. Yeah, he, we did. He, Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah we Russell did. We didn't just th- – no, no, no. He won the job in camp. Well, that's the same thing, he beat yeah. out the guy we signed for, a, like, way too much money, Matt Flynn, who turned out to be a nothing in Seattle history, right? And no, basically nothing the in the NFL. He made fun. He had, he had a great oh, I, time. He made, made money. He made I, a lot I, of I, money. I suppose <laughs> the assumption, uh, Rich, is that if you do draft – 
one of these great quarterbacks coming out this year that the assumption is that they would win the job. I guess I, I guess that I'm making that assumption. I'm not I'm not expecting him to not beat out anyone well, else who would be fighting for the job. But remember who our head coach is, Pete Carroll. Pete is all about competition. If you want to be on the field, you win your time, you win your minutes, you win your your starting role. And so I can see him drafting a quarterback early. I I do not see Pete Carroll just throwing him out there just because he's a number five pick. Like that's just not gonna happen. Um I I yeah, <laughs> I agree. First round agree. quarterbacks start. Say that again. First round quarterbacks start. I I agree. I mean, unless they really suck in like I think that's where Rich is going. If they really suck in preseason, I mean, I guess. Oh just... yeah, yeah. If if if, you, if they get out there and you're like, oh god, we made a mistake. I think we screwed this one up, guys. Yeah, then of course yeah. you don't start the guy. But I, I mean, mean, generally speaking, you, you look at you look at Eli Manning, who was a first round quarterback, and he did start a couple games his rookie year. He also sucked, and they brought Kurt Warner back in to finish finish out that year. It wasn't until his second or third year that he was really ready. Yeah, I mean, you look I think... at. You look at the second best quarterback of our generation, um, who I think is Aaron Rodgers after Brady, right? And he sat three years, right, in Green Bay. Yeah, but there was somebody pretty good ahead of him. Yeah, but look, look yeah, at but, there was a Hall I mean, of Famer ahead of him. Yeah, so yeah, what, but, what we we should get a bridge who is a veteran who can teach him and 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 potentially start maybe the first six games or whatever before we hand the keys you know what you want is Trent that's Dilfer. giving up on the year though yeah but it's building the for the future and we're kind of stuck in that situation where but we, you guys, we're in a rebuild matt you just said that we're we're in good shape for next year we are if you're if you're doing like a onesie twosie quarterback i mean you, when you got two not a, i mean if you're doing <clears> a bridge and when you, you do got, it properly he we could still we could wind up in the playoffs again. When you You've got two quarterbacks, known. you got no quarterbacks. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, it, that, it, that is not necessarily wrong. Sorry, I I, I well, got shocked there. Quarterbacks Rich said the I was not necessarily wrong. It's not necessarily which, wrong, which I don't hear a lot in my life. Right. So, well, the so, <laughs> the 49ers have three quarterbacks this year, and they're well, going to yeah. go to the Super Bowl. Trey Lance has yeah. now turned out to be a a horrible bust of a pick. Who? Trey Lance, exactly, exactly. Trey Lance, because he, he got injured twice. Yeah, well, but, for I the mean, whole like, season. But I mean, that's that that is that's a, bad luck. Bad, yeah. that's a misfortune. It's bad um, luck. But Brock Purdy, I think, is actually Purdy took Trey his Lance, job because okay. Trey Lance. Trey Lance, remember, uh, he's played a couple games. Brock Purdy looks way better than Trey Lance ever did he in does. real, real game time. And Jimmy um, G's gone. We could bring Jimmy G in. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Just on the topic of two quarterbacks, um, Bill Walsh had two quarterbacks. And he did pretty dang okay with two incredibly talented quarterbacks. Yeah, he shipped two one off to Kansas City. Two yeah. Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So your nonsense about if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Well, no, if you have two quarterbacks and you can't manage that situation, you're a bad coach. Young, Steve Young was going to quit that team. They shipped that. off Young They shipped off Montana to to the chiefs because Steve young was going to quit. Yeah. But young, young sat He or he wasn't in the league for a while. He's he, he wasn't. He was in the USFL. No. Yeah. So Montana had a few years that he sucked and Walsh was brutal and would bench Montana and bring in young. 
because Young would perform for a, a bit. And then Montana would get better, get mad, and get better, and he'd come back in. So anyway, you could do it if we you're smart, if you're a good coach. And I think we have a coach that has enough age and experience and chutzpah to, to deal with a situation like that if you need to. Uh, I, think, I, think, I think the I think dream situation have, is if, that... If you have, right. Sorry, go ahead, Matt. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say. I think the dream situation is that we convince Gino that he really is a bridge quarterback. I, I think that's the only way to make next year and work. We, and yes. we keep we pay him for like two more years. We draft a quarterback, and he sit. The quarterback sits for a year. Yeah, I I, I think I tend to agree with the whole. If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks thing. Just because if you have two quarterbacks who are too close to each other in talent, then you end up with a quarterback controversy. A divided and, locker and, room. Yeah. And, and and as soon as one player, as soon as one guy goes out there and throws a bad pick, the everybody, fans and everybody else everywhere, oh, no, put so-and-so in there. Put so-and-so. You end, end up, you know, um, uh, end up with a, a John Freeze, Stan Gelba, or, or, or what was it? Was it, it was, who who, want, who who we wanted to put in for Meyer? Was it God, was it Gelba or was it Freeze? It was Gelba. Meyer was playing was we wanted to, I think it was Freeze, right? You know, uh, you know, and you, you're yeah. one of those things. You know, like you, you got to have the clear starter, and then the other guys. Um, I don't see us really finding a bridge quarterback outside of Geno Smith. Like he is the bridge because he's been there. He he is the bridge because he is the the heir apparent. He is the incumbent. He's he's supposed to be there because he's been there. You bring somebody else in, it's 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 going to look like Russell Wilson in Denver. They they're, they're learning they're learning everything all brand new. Yeah. I see. I, I see um, only an issue there. So if you're going to get rid of Gino, you might as well bring in the new talent and 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 start from there. All it right, takes two years right. to learn an offense, and Gino has the what like he'll be in this. He'll be in his third year yeah, of the yeah. offense. He can be the he can be the professional quarterback. He can teach the all right. quarterback. All right, I got to get off this topic here. Um, okay. All right, for some reason I have Jamal Adams on my outline here because Rob English won't shut up about Jamal Adams. Why, why why are you always talking about Jamal Adams, Rob? Well, because people say a lot of bad things about Jamal Adams. But yeah, um, we do. The rest of us on this show do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, and and it's and <laughs> it sucks. But you know, you know who said some very poignant words about Jamal Adams? That was a gentleman that we interviewed not too long ago, Mr. uh Steve Rabel. And 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 he made it clear. He said what there, there's there's no GM in the league that's not going to take Jamal Adams if they can have him, right? Despite what what despite what's going on, and 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 I'm and I thought about that for a while because I was actually surprised that he said that, and so I was like, okay, Rabel is you know he he probably knows a little bit, so let me let me just really really marinate on that for a minute, and I'm like, yeah, all right, number one, there's money tied up in him. I mean, there that, that's huge that's amounts, one, you know, huge yeah. amounts. So there's that. But so so that then that's a factor, you know. You can't not you can't not factor that in. And then you think about so 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 I think you made the point earlier on the internet, uh, Matt, that he's that we we're 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 married to him for that just on that alone. Mm-hmm. And then you factor in his his upside, you know. If the guy can just stay healthy for a season, imagine the, the way, uh, how different our our, uh, our defense looks. That's my question, Rob, and Matt and Rich. Had he been healthy? Does he make a difference? I think so. I think yeah. he makes a big difference with the three safety look they were they were showing at the very beginning of this year and the plans because they brought over um, our defensive coordinator from Chicago where he'd ran that that the three defensive look a three safety look is a four two five yeah 
Yeah, it would have it would have freed Jamal to be wherever on the field he really wherever we wanted him. He'd be rushing one play, he'd be dropping back, covering tight end the next play or whatever. But he you know, he'd be all over the field. And I think that's his strength, is his his when he's not tied down to one place. I think that would have truly opened him up. And I think it would have added a dimension to our defense that was missing. It, um, I think it would have added an aggression that was yeah, that, so that's really missing. what I mean. Yeah, it, we 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 were missing our teeth this year, and I think he was that would have added our teeth back. I mean, so yeah. I imagine imagine having the fear of of uh, Adams coming, you know, around the around the edge or on a delay up the middle, and forcing that quarterback to put that ball out just a half beat faster, and and somebody being able to jump a route. I mean, when the the, the quarterback. The quarterbacks have all day to sit back there and pick us apart because we have no – and to be fair, we did get some sacks this season. But, you know, but it, it was a sack, and then we give up a 30-yard pass on the field. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right. you know, we, we didn't really have good pressure on quarterbacks despite the fact that we had decent sack numbers. Um, but when you force that ball out just a hair faster, that's advantage, that's advantage secondary. And I think that without that, um, we suffered. And if we can just get that back, dude. Right. I Rich, the big problem was um, run defense, though. Does he make yeah, a difference I, there? I love – no, no. I, okay, so just let's take this Niners game into consideration, right? One of the issues the Seahawks had, I, I talked about how great the, the, the Niners sweep was, right? And, I mean, the Seahawks run defense is kind of bad, right? But imagine Jamal Adams splitting, splitting one of the gaps, shooting the gaps, right? Or – what are you going to do as an offensive lineman if you have Jamal Adams lining up in the gap between you and the next lineman over? He's sitting in the, the guard tackle gap, right? There's two yards between the two of you, right? Are you are you like are you going to block him and not block the defensive end in front of you, right? Like he he creates chaos on the offense. The offense's biggest advantage, you know, structurally in football is they know what the play is who's getting the ball and where, where the point of attack is. Right. And a player like Jamal Adams is a, is a psychological wild card. You have to account for him. You have to do all this extra game planning, which is mental work and stress. Right. And then he might just drop back into a cover three and not do anything to you all, you know, for, for a quarter. Um, But, but that, that ability to kind of roll the dice and, have him be that that wild card i would have loved to see it i would have loved to see him shooting the gaps to maybe dart in and get mccaffrey in the backfield right because no one else on that defense is fast enough right to really get in and and get after it especially in the run the run defense game and you guys remember carl mecklenburg what you're describing to me rich yeah it's kind of like this guy's gonna line up everywhere you don't know what he's gonna do on any given play oh and and mecklenburg was also kind of crazy just like period yeah as a player, um, I, I kind of loved watching him play, though. Yeah, I think I think Adams is used best as like yeah, like a rover kind of. I mean, like <laughs> I made the he should play softball joke. Uh, he, your rover, he he, you don't know where he's going to be, you don't know where he's going to line up, you don't know where he's going to rush or he's going to fall back. He adds a dimension and a scary speed and a, an ability to hit to the defense that we were missing. Yeah, rich pass man- rush. Rich man- teeth. Rich mentioned uh, the old. Air Force Falcons 90s team where they had a Falcon back, which is a rover essentially, but it's wherever you need them. The way they played it, they had a free safety and then two Falcon 
Falcon backs that you could easily do Ryan Neal and and uh, yeah. Adams as the Falcon backs. Okay, uh, speaking of crazy, we're gonna pay our kicker Jason Meyer five million per year. Is that too much for a kicker? Yes. Next question. All right. Anybody say no? <laughs> no. I think it's fine. I mean, he's right. he's one of the top four or five kickers in the league in, in all likelihood. And if he's not, you can cut him. It's not it's not as bad no. of a hit as other players. Like um yeah. Five million is I, not that much. My yeah. concern is the is the is the, the, the use of resources. I've always had this concern with Pete and 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 Schneider, and they they tend to overpay for the players that they know, mm-hmm. and because they know what it's a known quantity, and and I, I I understand that, but I I think we're overpaying, and when we have a bit of a roster cr- like salary cap crunch kind of looking our way this this off season. Rob, what were you going to say? Overpaying for players that they know they're 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 not over they're paying for what they know and they know that uh Myers uh made only missed how many field goals did he miss this year like two 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 or three two might have been three two dude he's he's arguably I mean he's arguably the best kicker in the NFL you know he's definitely not he scored he scored the most points in the NFL um, yeah I mean he 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 made the point he, he did it I mean, that's, it's kind of a similar argument to if Geno Smith is played like one of the top five quarterbacks in the league this year. Is he the top five quarterback in the league? Well, you can argue about that, but he played like it. And so the, and so the same thing and the same thing with, with, uh, with Jason Myers. Listen, every time the Seattle Seahawks were good, they had a great kicker. There is not one time where Seattle was not good where we did not have a great kicker. When were we good when we had Norm Johnson? We weren't. We weren't. Yeah. That was I ninety. That was early nineties. <laughs> oh, yeah, way early nineties. <laughs> All right, guys. Great, great out. We got we got two rookies, <clears throat> Charles Cross and Abe Lucas, both tackles. Uh, give me your grades. Let's start with you, Matt. Um, I give Charles Cross an A, and I give Abe Lucas a solid B, maybe B plus. Uh, Cross. Yeah, he got beat a few times by, you know, like, for example, Bosa from the Niners. But you're going to get beat a couple times a game by the best defensive rusher in the game. It's going to happen. Um, he impressed me consistently throughout the year. He's gotten better over the year. Um, one of the best left tackles in the game already, in my opinion. Uh, I think PFF already has him, like, number six in the league. Um, and Lucas had, needs some work. Um, he missed some time. So he's he's uh, he, he I think he missed like what two games, two or three games, um, and uh, but he's he's what I've seen I really like I'm very happy with both of them, I think they're both incredible picks, and Rob? they're both going to anchor our line for the next decade. Rob, what do you think? Um, you know I I, I give them both uh, I give them both solid, or maybe high Bs. Um, I thought Lucas was more consistent uh just just even even keel consistent across the board um cross i felt like he flashed um and then you mentioned the game like where bosa tore him up i think he got tore up by somebody else uh earlier this year too i can't remember who it was um 
you know, but again, you know, young guys are going to get tore up by, by great. Oh, Max, Max Crosby tore him up. Yeah. Crosby. Um, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, um, he's a rookie. He's going to get beat. Right, right, right. So, but I, I felt like, whereas, you know, you, we, we, you know, I remember texting, you know, Abraham Deweese here, you know, about, uh, Abe Lucas because they share the same name. So I blame it <laughs> on him, um, you know, a couple, a couple times this season. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that they kind of, you know, they're, they're good and they're bad kind of, kind of zero each other out. I give them, I give them, I give them B pluses both for, for, for the year. Any thoughts, Rich? Um, I'd say that Cross got like an A minus, and um, Lucas was was I don't know he was a a, a B plus. Like the, these are the best. This is the best set of tackles we've had since thirteen fourteen ish. Been a long time. Been yeah. a long time. Yeah, I would say at least since uh, Russell Kuhn was at left tackle. But I mean, I, to find a right tackle, I gosh, we have to go back quite a ways because. I was never a big fan of. Uh, well, Carpenter played guard actually. Like I'm just trying to think what about, about. Was it Giacca? Giacomini. Yeah, I was yeah. never a fan of his personal. I was thinking further back than that. One personal foul per game from Giacomini. No thanks. That's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, like Howard Ballard. I. You know what I? <laughs> what I'd yeah. like to see. I hope. I hope these guys get a lot better, and I. I really hope. I think they will. They get. I thought that the pass the pass blocking was okay. I think they're that, that that's just that's just uh, chemistry. Like that's bas- yeah. it's like basketball team chemistry on the on the fast break. You just know where where guys are and and what to do and and everything, right? That that takes time. There's there's no there's no great offensive line that has a bunch of rookies, right? Like it's just never happened. Um but what I really want to see them step forward in is is to be those road graders um, ahead of the run, rushing attack. You're I, talking about two tackles who played in uh, air raid offenses in college. Well, they also need some help from the middle, which they're not getting. Okay, yeah. well let's go to let's go to that. Um, I have on here what uh, what off what offensive position is needed uh, in this draft, Matt? You were, I think you were heading that way. I'm a big advocate for getting us a center. And we we haven't had one since Max Unger. Well, I, yeah. I I watched Blythe literally step out of the way for defenders multiple times this year. Just literally, just watch them go by. He snapped a ball and just kind of like, here you go, walk by, you know. And and Pete Carroll praises him, and I don't know why. I, I was really... just gonna say that. I was like, I've been so tired <laughs> of hearing Pete say good things yeah. about this dude. <laughs> Blythe is. No, Blythe is a is is no. I I've been advocating for a center for years. Um, I'm you know I'm the duck, so I'm biased. So I'm I'm gonna push Alex Forsyth. I think we can get him in the fourth round. He's incredible, like football IQ. He would help run the offensive line, for, so take some pressure off Gino or whoever we have at quarterback. And uh, he would also help anchor and the run protection. And and you know that's a running offense primarily in Oregon, so he would help with that tremendously. Rich, offensive position of need. Uh, by the way, guys, I'm throwing quarterback out of the out the window for this question. Okay. Um, I would say center as well, um, but I'm going to also throw in tight end. And my, we've had kind of a rotating cast of characters at tight end for a decade, um, with no consistency. And I I know that we. 
We've had some good blocking tight ends. There's been much discussion in this on this podcast about that and some good pass catching tight ends. I would like to see a tight end that can do both can Ooh. adequately block in both the passing and rushing games, as well as slip out and, uh, you know, do his George Kittle impersonation and catch some uh, sneaky passes. Like we've had that player in the past. A two Amelie? A two Amelie? I'm, I'm trying to I remember who you we guys don't remember a two Amelie? He was on the team for like 10 years. I thought he was a tight good. end. He was, was, a, was also a decent catcher. Like, yeah, there was there was another tight end that year that I can't remember who it Jeremy was. Jeremy Stevens. Jeremy. Uh, yeah, you don't we don't talk about him. <laughs> but he so, was dropping Rich wants, in the end zone in the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, Rich wants a, uh, the unicorn. He wants the the tight end that is equally a blocker and catcher. I want I want to I, I I, be very specific what I want. I don't want a deep threat great receiver tight end. I want a go down five yards and turn around and catch the ball consistently. Yeah. You, you want Will Disley to stop getting injured. Yeah, that's, you want to, I, want I would Will like, Disley. yes, availability <laughs> is the best ability in the NFL. Um, so yes, I'd like a tight end that's durable, can, can run block enough, pass block some, catch the ball decently well. Does not have to be a star, but just, I think that that is a safety blanket for every quarterback. And we haven't had one. I, I agree with you. I'm ready to move on from Will Disley. It's just I, I, three years in a row, I can't do this anymore. Uh, Rob, what, uh, what offensive position do we need? Um, well, everybody took, took the obvious ones. And I don't, like, I don't like how you talk about Will Disley. Um, I, dude, I, 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 it, three years in a row. I mean, it's this is positive. The, He's just hurt all the time. This is That's the, the problem. Rashad Penny thing. Like, I, I yeah. thought Penny did some great stuff, but I just can't deal with it anymore. Like, well, heaven forbid, heaven forbid, uh, Walker, you know, tweak his ankle because Abe's gonna give up on him. Obviously, <laughs> I, so, I, I am. Uh, I'm that guy when the horse breaks the leg. Get out right. the shotgun. Him down. <laughs> Send him to the glue factory. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'm gonna go and say, uh, it's a little off off the wall here, but I'm gonna say receiver. Yeah. And specifically the third receiver, yeah, right? Agreed. Um, you know, we, we've got our two. I know I, I, I did some belly aching, I think last week about, you know, um, Lockett making business decisions on the field. Um, but, you know, he catches the football. Uh, but we, we, and I think we, maybe not even have to go find this player. It's just literally figure out which one of the guys we have is that player. Um, you know, I don't know what happened to uh, Goodwin. He kind of just faded away. Did he get hurt? Just Inj- injury. Injury. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I would like to be able to find that. You know what? I we need that as Zahir Akeem, that that uh, the greatest show on turf had. You know, they had they had yeah. Isaac Bruce and Tory Holt, and then they had Az Hakeem who would come in there and 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 take the top off or 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 catch short balls and take them long. Like like he was just this third guy that you just you, you could you couldn't cover cover everybody. Um, we, we, I would like to see a player show up uh, to just really be that third option for us that's able to be a, a, a game breaker or, or you know, a game changer for us. I, we just got to figure out who he is. I think perhaps we entertain the idea of another big body receiver on, and put him on the opposite side from DK and put Lockett in the slot where you're not going to – he might be lost in the secondary. They might miss him. Yeah. All right, guys. Last question of the day. 
biggest disappointment? Who is your biggest disappointment of the Seahawks this year? I, I can go. I can go ahead. Two of them. <laughs> you get one because we know who his number one is. <laughs> I, I can get this kicked off here. Um, I'm gonna. You know, I just got to say, like, uh, you can get two actually because I'm gonna give two. Uh, Brooks and Cody Barton. I'm supremely disappointed in both of them. I, I I don't think what I saw. Yes, they got a lot of tackles, but the tackles were all ten yards down the field, and. I, I questioned myself, are these NFL players? Um, and uh, i hand it over to you, Rob. Well, Barton, obviously. Um, I, I, I did plenty of bellyaching about, about Cody Barton. Um, uh, you know, um, and I, ew, I, I'm so stuck on Cody Barton. I don't even know who my second guy would be. I don't know. Paige, help you know me who out. Number, your even... number one guy, he, Abe invoked his name just a minute ago. <laughs> help him out, Matt. <laughs> he, he, he was a running back at some point for San Diego State. Oh, he's not oh, disappointed. See, he's going to rush no. for like yeah, 100 this is disappo- Disappointment, Matt. He's not disappointed in that guy. I'm not disappointed in him. No, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> oh. very sad. I'm sad for that. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, not yeah, who was the biggest disappointment? It was a disappointment. It was a big one. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that, that was. It was disappointing that he got that. hurt, not in him and his performance. It was a disappointment that he got hurt. That's fair. That's fair. So I mean, yeah, uh, that that was disappointing. But um, Barton on defense for sure uh, disappointed me. Um, and gosh, it didn't look uh, like he belonged out there, did it? it? It it looked. Yeah, he had a couple games where he made a made a, a play or two, but yeah, he just seemed like. He was a step behind on purpose, even like almost <laughs> like he didn't like he like he didn't want to be there. Not that he didn't belong. They almost didn't want to make the tackle. You know, like he just wasn't putting his hundred and ten percent into the game. It didn't look like he saw the play develop. Like it always looked like he was reacting rather than calculating. I mean, that's what we saw from Bobby Wagner and KJ right for years. Is like they calculate. Yeah, they calculated what was going to go on. They looked at everything around them and then they. They they attacked rather than react. That's right. and I'm looking at Brooks and I'm looking at Muse and I'm looking at Barton, and it's like, uh, guys, that that pulling guard is already out to you five yards down the field. Right. Like my my other disappointment was despite how how good that he actually played, I, I wish that Kobe Bryant would have actually played better, uh, because now Tariq Woolen um, was so great. There's no no denying, but but remember. In training camp, it was all about Kobe Bryant. So I, I thought that Kobe Bryant was going to be that dude that ultimately Woolen ended up ended up being. Um, and 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 Bryant kind of left me wishing he was doing things a little bit better a couple times throughout this season. Um, but that, that's splitting hairs. But like I said, the Bart is the one. Would you have been satisfied if he took over Mike Jackson's job and had Mike Jackson be the nickelback? Like, is that what you were expecting? hoping for you know because Mike ja- Mike Jackson flashed as well you know so I don't I don't know um you know I, I would think that you want that uh that that quicker guy in, in, in the nickel spot um they I mean they both they both played okay um uh, so I, I'm yeah that's a good question I'm not sure I can answer that at this moment well Rich uh apparently apparently Rob wants Tariq Woolen at every defensive back position possible um, was there a disappointment that you? Can we just, can I, I we mean, just draft four more Tariq Willens? My my 
my disappointment is we don't have the entire Legion of Boom defense circa 2013 back <laughs> on this roster. Okay, but who uh, on this team disappointed you? Um, DK Metcalf. He's you... supposed to be yeah, the okay. man. He is supposed to be the big play receiver. He's supposed to break open games. And he has not. He 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 actually is getting worse as a receiver. I have a stat for you. Uh, he only caught 50% of his targets. Uh, that is incorrect. That's he what caught, I read. He caught day. 90 passes on 141 targets. I'm looking at the stats right now. Oh, you are? Okay. But the number is 11.6. 11.6 6 yards per reception. You want that, that to be like 14, unacceptable 15? for your number one receiver along with six touchdowns. Joe Juravicious in 2005 had like 11 touchdowns. Joe Juravicious like has 11% of the talent that DK Metcalf did. Okay. Hmm. Metcalf could be so much better. Metcalf could be a genuine top five receiver in the NFL. He has all the talent. There's no reason not to. He should be averaging about 14 to 15 yards per catch and getting 10 touchdowns without like question, but he's not. Yeah. He needs to be I, better. I, I agree with that. I, I also didn't like the way it, it seemed that he was able to be bodied up by players out there. I mean, we, what the biggest thing we like about him was that he's just a big gigantic monster of a man. He's a, he's a physical specimen out there. Like where's that ability? He showed it for a couple of times, but it's like, dude, like, how are you getting, you know, bodied up by these these quarter these corners who are significantly smaller than you? You know, I I saw I saw that a few times. I I, I agree with uh with you, Rich, on that. I, I I like to see him be more imposing physically. Wait, Rich, I wasn't that far off. You said one forty targets, ninety receptions. Yeah, one hundred forty one targets. Yeah. Yeah, so that's fifty five percent. Who's counting? That's a sixty-three point eight percent catch percentage. Wait, sixty-three? Hang on, my calculator. Yeah. I'm using a Mac, so my calculator doesn't I'm, work. That's I'm my excuse. Ever. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, it's it's a good it's, it's a good it's, pick. It's the eleven point six. That that is your third receiver possession receiver tight end receiving number. Steve Largent, who at the tail end of his career was very very slow. Averaged a good like three yards more per catch at like the last couple years of his career. So like, and it's a passing yeah. league now. So like, it should be way easier it's, to get. It, yeah, and it and it's a more pass friendly offense. Like we said earlier, there was what 173 more throws this year yeah, to go so, around. And one more much, game. I wonder how much of that though is has to do with with uh, offensive philosophy and play calling though. I mean, we we did run DK on a lot of a lot of short slants. Um, and things like that. We, he, we took, he took his shots downfield, and, and the, a lot of them weren't all that successful. There was a few, but uh, I, I feel like we saw a lot of we, – we talked about how consistent and accurate um, the quarterback was, uh, Geno Smith, and that is because we did a lot more of that, you know, go down, turn around, catch the ball kind of, kind of offense. Um, so, I'm, you know, maybe if we, you know, in, in previous years, you know, we do that Russell Wilson do with – spin a Rooney, um, run yeah. around, and then throw you, a long ball downfield. You, you know, you'll, you'll get those higher numbers. You know, the last two games, I noticed that uh, 
you know, against Jalen Ramsey, the Rams, and then the 49ers defense, we stopped throwing the ball downfield. Uh, we threw the ball down. Like, games we won, we threw the ball downfield. Matt, well, and, Matt yeah. what's your biggest disappointment? Well, I just want to say one last thing about DK. There was there were two knocks out of him coming on the draft, and that that's why we got him as late as we did. And that was one. There was an injury risk. He had he had suffered like some damage with a neck injury or something like that, and it turned out to be not a big deal. But teams were kind of leery of it. And the other one was he he the knock on him was that he was a terrible route runner, and he's never shown me that he's improved in that category he's really good at the deep long long runs and and so forth because he's just a freak athlete and can outrun everyone on the field usually and that's been his strength and that's been that like 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 rob was saying about how russell would just do the long bomb and all that to him and that's where he's been doing the damage but anyway um i think dk was a great pick uh, as a disappointment that, that was wasn't a, my question choice. who was your biggest disappointment? My, pick, <laughs> my pick and here's a guy you guys you guys he dropped off the radar daryl taylor Oh yeah, remember yeah, him? he did. Remember, 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 we had a guy named Daryl Taylor. He actually had a good last couple games, but he, um, he, he most of the season, most of the Wait, season, he's gone. Did, did did we did he get his like travel plans and itinerary wrong? I mean, I didn't see him for the first like eight weeks at all, and he wasn't hurt. He was on the field. Yeah, I didn't see him. He's a ghost. Um, it, whether it's a system fit and uh, and and or or whatever, he just doesn't fit the new the new system that we switched to. Um, but you know, the sky was the limit with this guy and he was going to be our defensive leader in, in, in preseason. They were talking him up in that regard. He was a leader in the clubhouse and, and big things were expected from him. And then he was a ghost for 75% of the season. He had nine um, and a half sacks. He's just didn't make, they the were bunched. That he was they were bunched to. into a couple games, rich. Yeah. I it, mean, it, there, there were, there were ghost games like Matt was talking about. He just like there were games where he, it was like DK. He disappeared for a game, and it's like, well, where'd you go, buddy? All right, guys, that's the end of our show. I don't know why I ended it with a depressing question like that. We should end it with more positivity, but uh, we will end with positivity because uh, otherwise, Brian the Soul Man Solak will yell at us for not doing so. So we're gonna end as we always do, and that's with a shout out of the week. Let's go ahead and get started with shout outs with you, Rob English. Well, I have to go ahead and give this shout out to the wife. Um, she did uh, all of the, you know, crap talking to me um, <laughs> through the, the final weeks of the season. Um, you know, when Seattle was in first place, she assured me that, uh, you know, the Niners were going to uh, retake um, first place in the division. They, they did that. Um, she's been riding very high on their, what, 11, what they end the season with a 10 or 11 game winning streak. Um, you know, and then she assured me that they were going to beat us that third time in the playoffs, which they did. Um, and she already is making plans. She's picking out her outfits as we speak for us to, for her to wear when we go to the Super Bowl experience right here in Glendale, when the Niners <laughs> go, uh, ultimately. So, um, I, ha I have to give the shout out to the wife. She obviously, you know, the, the biggest Niner fan I know, uh, at, at this point. And, uh, um, you know, congratulations to her and whatever. My shout-out this week is to the Seattle Kraken, who won eight in a row. They recently just dropped one to the Edmonton Oilers, but they're starting to get the buzz in this town. It'll be exciting to see them carry this through to the NHL playoffs. Over to you, Rich. Uh, my shout-out is uh, a couple weeks in advance, but I'm going to shout-out to the Sounders and their hosts in the great city of Casablanca. They are headed to the Club World Cup in two weeks. 
you know, travel across the Atlantic Ocean, and they get to play. Um, they're they're into the second round. They play the winner of a, a kind of a playoff match between Auckland and um, the the African runner-up, which is a, a team out of Egypt that I can't pronounce properly. So I'm not gonna <laughs> not to get anybody to try. But it's super exciting. The Sounders are trailblazing once again, and the game will actually be broadcast at a time you could watch it i think like 9 30 in the morning nice so um that's kind of great that'll be great because they have brand new contracts with christian roldan uh danny Jordan Morris and danny Leva. yeah all right over to you matt um i want to give a shout out to the uh seattle sea dragons uh the football isn't over for us in seattle uh, we've got a we've got a great team here uh, lining up. There's some interesting players coached by Jim Halsett. Um Randy Muller, uh, the GM, former GM of the Mariners, uh, Mariners, Seahawks, and the Saints. We had a we had a podcast on him with him only what about 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 three weeks ago now, four months ago, four weeks ago. Uh, I want to give a shout out to them. I want I want uh, Seattle to get excited about the Sea Dragons because it's going to be an interesting year with uh, some some good people and good 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 prospects. Yeah, check out that podcast with randy mueller uh here on seattlesportsunion.com as well check out that steve rabel interview that uh, brian and rob had uh that's another great one um we are of course the seattle sports union check us out seattlesportsunion.com check us out on spotify itunes and as well check us out at captivate fm for our podcasts and social media that's at seattle sports U on twitter and check us out like us on facebook we'll see you guys on behalf of that damn dirty duck matt page the SoCal Seahawk, Rob English, and the Ram, Rich Michaelson, myself, Abraham Deweese. We'll see you guys next time.